0: Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares," we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They'll chat about topics like the state of boxing and sports, music, culture, and family life, along with being a husband and a girl dad. So listen to On The Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Blue Liar. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Kenzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown Lions. Welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. And we're just going to jump right into this. Yesterday, we did the look back at the 2016 and 2017 drafts to try and understand how the Lions have reached this point, both on offense and defense. Now, both of those drafts were taken with Jim Caldwell in mind as the head coach. These next two drafts that we're looking at, and we're not going to look at 2020 because it's still way too soon to make any judgment calls there. We're drafted for Matt Patricia, with Matt Patricia in mind, with Bob Quinn knowing how their defense works. Neither draft jumps out at you on paper. Let's start there. Most of them, you kind of shrug your shoulders. More at the 2018 one than the 2019 one, which seemed legitimately like... A lot of misses, and that's bad two years into the league. So with that said and that caveat, we're just going to jump right in. The coordinators talked on Monday. Matt Patricia talked on Monday. Nothing really stood out massively other than that they were really surprised with how Travis Phillip had played, uh, particularly Daryl Bevel. Said he was surprised. That makes you wonder a little bit about their talent evaluation. But we'll get more into Fulham here later on this podcast. As his emergence is kind of the reason, along with the Lions' struggles on the field and perpetual hot seat, why we're even doing this podcast in the first place. So let's start with the 2018 draft. Just jump right in. Their first round pick was Frank Ragnow. There's not really much to say about I think he was the perfect pick. I think it was a good pick at the time. It was a surprising pick at the time. It's actually the only first-round pick of the Lions that I have not gotten correct during Bob Quinn's tenure. So say what you will, I guess, about that. But that's just the fact of the matter. Ragnow, starting right away, has been the team's center the last two years. And he is just playing really smart football. Soon enough, he might be the best center in the NFL or the best center in the NFC. Kind of definitely on a Pro Bowl, at least, trajectory. Plus, with what they needed, it made sense as well. Offensive line was an area where you kind of did mentally target for them in the first two rounds of the draft. They had had success with Taylor Decker, and with Graham Glasgow on the first few days of the draft before. So Frank Ragno made all the sense in the world, still does as a potential pro bowler. So again, it's a high character, high floor, safe pick for Bob Quinn, going with his theme of how he handles first round picks. But Ragnow's ceiling may be much higher than either Jared Davis or Taylor Decker. Just because... Obviously, the player out there that would have maybe gotten the most attention for the Lions if they had taken him is Lamar Jackson, but before you get all annoyed saying, oh my God, they passed on Lamar Jackson, first year of a new regime, they were sticking with Matthew Stafford, they had a lot of things they felt like they needed to fill, including fixing the offensive line for Matthew Stafford, they were not going to take Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, it just didn't fit on a multitude of levels, just don't even go there. Round two, the Lions select carry on Johnson. And here's where it gets to be a tough call for me because when Johnson's been healthy, at least the first two years, he's been largely productive and largely helpful and looked like a guy that could end up getting a second contract or building a career as a running back in Detroit. The problem has been that he can't stay healthy. He's already missed a bunch of games for Detroit in his first two seasons. We'll see how he is this week in practice because he did get, it looked like, at least a little bit nicked up against the Saints in week four. The Lions also traded up to get on Johnson. Injury issues were one of the questions about On Johnson. So those things maybe are starting to come to pass. But as I said, he's been productive when he has played. Then you look at who else might have been available at that time. Wide receiver, not a huge priority for the Lions at that point in the draft because they had then Golden Tate still, they had Marvin Jones, they had Candy Galladay, and you just didn't need him. You didn't need a receiver. So while Christian Kirk and DJ Chark were both available and would have been great picks, particularly DJ Chark, considering what the Lions have now, same thing with Anthony Miller, it just wouldn't have made sense and they needed a running back. Linebacker Uchena Nuoso might have also been a nice pick and someone that could have helped them instead of on Johnson. Dante Jackson, another guy that could have maybe been there as well. And... You have to wonder, would the defense be a little bit more solid if they had one of those two guys? Especially since Carrion Johnson has slowly, it seems like, phased somewhat out of the offense here in the last few weeks. Especially since the Lions signed Adrian Peterson. Moving into round three now. This was the Lions-Bob Quinn traditional. Wait, what are you doing? Pick of the draft this was tracy walker at the time obviously none of us really knew much about tracy walker but tracy walker ended up being a pretty good pick he's their best player in their secondary right now might be their second best player on the defense as a whole it felt high at the time to me it felt high at the time even to tracy walker who thought he was going to be going on day three But the Lions have found a way to use him. He has been a continuous starter for Detroit and somebody that, depending on how things go this year, could end up having a very bright future with the Lions, even though Detroit seemed to be messing around with him in the starting lineup at the beginning of the season. The only downside is you look at who was taken within the next five picks after Walker Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown was a pick later. Tight end Mark Andrews was also available. And he would have been a massive help for Matthew Stafford. But the Lions didn't totally need a tight end yet at that point. And we obviously know what they did a year later. But I think either one of those players would have helped really, really well. The other thing with Orlando Brown is I don't know where you would have played him if you were the Lions. Because you had just signed Rick Wagner. And you had Taylor Decker. So, I think Tracy Walker ended up being a very fine pick right here in the third round. It does not go as well from here on out. Deshaun Hand looked like a steal as a rookie in the fourth round. Was a former five-star recruit. Has all of the tools, all the talent. He can't stay healthy. That's been a big problem. Big problem. Detroit needed defensive linemen. They have really since this draft. So they went with Hand. It just so far hasn't worked. Safety Jordan Whitehead might have been the better pick here. Also, if you wanted to stick on the defensive line, Josh Sweat, who was taken much later than Hand, might have also been a guy who at least would have given you more production as a rotational defensive lineman. There was also Maurice Hurst. He was a bit available, as was Jawan Bentley. Either one of those guys. Now, Hurst obviously fell for medical reasons, so the Lions might have just ignored that entirely. But there were a lot of options for Detroit instead of Hand, who just hasn't worked out so far, even though, much like Carrion Johnson, the potential is there when he's healthy. In the fifth round, the Lions took Tyrell Crosby, and I have no issues with this pick. Crosby was a good value pick at the time. He fell, at least in part, because there were questions about concussions that he had had in the past. He's been largely healthy since he's been with the Lions. He filled a need. He developed into a starter right now at right tackle, forcing, frankly, if and when Joe Dahl comes back, the Lions into a tough decision, whether to send Crosby back to the bench or what to do with Vitae because of the way Crosby has played at right tackle. He's outplayed, in my opinion, someone who is getting paid $10 million a year and the Lions invest a lot in in Vitae and free agency. In the fifth round, you get a guy that can push like that, be a swing tackle, be a guy that theoretically can even play inside at guard if need be. Uh is a good energy force for the Lions. That's everything you could really want for in a fifth-round pick. This was a good pick for Detroit. Round seven, the Lions took fullback Nick Baden. This was a dart throw, but Nick Bodden has never really been healthy. Interestingly, the pick before Baden, the the Cowboys took current lines running back both Scarborough, but Baden's inability to stay healthy and frankly, Jason Cabinda's emergence as a fullback makes you wonder if Nick Baden's gonna see the field much more ever in Detroit. Again, a dart throw, so not a huge problem there. You look at maybe some of the other guys they could have gone with. Ryan Izzo would have maybe been a potential pick. That would have been better. And then there were a few UDFAs in this class, Philip Lindsay, Alan Lazard, Levi Wallace, Puna Ford, that all could have made a whole bunch of sense for Detroit and helped solidify, at least in Wallace and Ford's case, some of the defense and in Lazard and Lindsay's case, some of the offense. Of course, again, they didn't totally need a running back after taking carry on Johnson. And receiver at that point, they were in pretty good shape. So no guarantee either Lindsey or Lazard would have even made the team. So overall, what's my grade here? My grade for this draft would be a C. No big misses. No really big hits other than Ragnow. Walker and Crosby still have chances to play their way into that, in my opinion. Hand has a longer way to go to get there. This feels like it was an average draft. Sometimes you need average drafts. But... Bob Quinn really needed this draft, especially since it was the first one with Matt Patricia, to be kind of like that 2013 draft Martin Mayhew had, where every player became pretty much at least a contributor. We'll be back right after this with looking at the 2019 draft, right here on the Michael Rothstein Show. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million, yes, that's 3 million, businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And the wait is finally over. Football is back. And take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. You got through the 2018 draft. Now we're going to look at the 2019 draft, the last draft we're going to look at in the Bob Quinn era thus far trying to figure out how this roster got to where it is and so much of it has to do with the draft if you listen to the 2018 roster you can see that they had multiple chances to maybe try and solidify a defense that still has just not come together but they went with other players either other defenders or players on offense that just have largely not worked out or haven't lived up to potential in the case of Deshaun Hand that It's just leaving the Lions in a really tough spot from a talent level defensively at this point as well. 2019, unfortunately, for Detroit, we'll see more of the same. We'll jump right in in round one with TJ Hawkinson. Personally, I think TJ Hawkinson will end up being a good pick for the Lions. I don't think they will end up regretting it. Yes, it was high for a tight end, but Hawkinson has shown very good growth. In year two, he's a guy that, to me, could end up getting six, seven touchdowns, could end up getting 800 yards, and that is moving in the positive direction as long as Hawkinson stays healthy. Now, to me, the bigger question would have been, had Josh Allen fallen one more slot and been available, would the Lions have taken Josh Allen? Of course, that's a scenario that couldn't play out, so it's tough to really focus on that, but... You look at this defense and wonder what it could have been maybe with T.J. Watt and Josh Allen. T.J. Watt from a holdover from yesterday's podcast. And man, that would have been pretty darn impressive. And of course, the Lions did have a bunch of other options at eight. They could have taken Ed Oliver a defensive tackle, which might have solved their pass rush issues on the interior. Might have solved some of their run stopping issues on the interior. Those were problems then in 2019 and they remain problems now. And Ed Oliver could have been a much better pick there. Especially, again, since the Lions did sign Jesse James in free agency. And Jesse James just hasn't really been used. There's also Brian Burns as a potential linebacker slash edge rusher that could have really fit in this defense quite well. Either one of those guys goes at 8 to the Lions. I don't think anybody's complaining. I think it makes a bunch of sense. I know Hawkinson gets a little bit of what I consider like unfair criticism here because of the position he plays. But so far, he's trending in the right direction to where you won't complain all that much, if at all, period, about Hawkinson by the time his career is over. It's a little bit different than the Eric Ebron pick because Ebron obviously couldn't hold on to the ball, struggled in many facets. Hawkinson, I think what you're seeing so far is the growth and maturation of a potential elite tight end. Looking at round two, and this is the... What was Bob Quinn being cute ceremonial pick of this draft? And that is Jelani Tavai, the linebacker out of Hawaii. Again, not that Tavai has played poorly. He seems to have found a role in the defense. His snap counts vacillate week by week. Some weeks he looks pretty good. Other weeks he looks not good at all. But in round two, you just didn't know anything about Tavai. And sure... That's on the scouts to do that, more than the public, more than the media. But in round two, you generally know who most of the players are. Tava, you just didn't know a lot about. He's supplanted Jared Davis in some ways, which is a good thing and a good sign. But you do wonder also where he is and how this is going to go long term. I think he's proven some people wrong and he's really flashed. But then I look at who else they could have had. Potential game breakers in A.J. Brown or Miko Hardman. Then there's also Miles Sanders that could have been there. Those are just some skill position players. They could have beefed up the offensive line, especially if they thought they might be letting go of Graham Glasgow with, Elton, with Elgin Jenkins. Also, later on, Juan Thornhill was still available. The safety, who's now with the Chiefs, D.K. Metcalf, and we all know who D.K. Metcalf is, and Lonnie Johnson. So there would have been a lot of options there that I think could have served the Lions a little bit better than Jelani Tavai, but Detroit needed their bigger linebacker, and they got him. Of course, they might have been able to get Tavai here in round three, where they took Will Harris, the safety out of Boston College, second year in a row, they took a safety in the third round. Chase Winovich would have been the perfect Lions player here, but he was already gone. Again, he's a guy I could have seen them taking in the second round as well, where they took Jelani Tavai. Nate Davis, the guard from Charlotte, that might have been an intriguing pick, maybe a little bit more of a value pick. Again, If you're anticipating Glasgow is leaving, maybe you do that and you don't have to worry about finding your starting right guard through a multitude of reasons, like the Lions ended up having to do this past offseason. That said, you look at who was taken around Will Harris, and it's not exactly this great list of players. Um, Maybe Damian Harris would have been interesting, but... Will Harris is at least playing. He's carved out a role, even though it's kind of one that's matchup dependent at this point. So he ends up being one of the better picks in this area based off of that, which maybe says as much about the draft than anything else. But I think Bob Quinn did what he was able to do here when it came to Will Harris. Round four, Austin Bryant. Right now, frankly, sorry, total miss. Austin Bryant may come back and he may end up being a really good player. But we have not seen him yet. That's a fourth-round pick. That's second, year's with fourth in a, second year in a row where your fourth-round pick is largely injured throughout his career. With Deshaun Hand, who's playing injured a lot, but also has been dealing with a bunch of injuries. Now you got Austin Bryant, who's barely played. Even go back to Michael Roberts as a fourth-round pick that ended up really suffering from injuries. So no idea what Austin Bryant will even look like when he does come back. The Lions could use him as an edge rusher, that's without question. You look at who they maybe could have taken. Benny Smell, the running back from Pittsburgh, would have been maybe a better option. The other guy, might. he was taken 13 picks later, and linebacker Drew Tranquil. That could have been really a nice pick. Because of where the Lions are at linebacker, he offers some versatility. I think Tranquil might have been the better selection than Austin Bryant. But then again, anyone who's still playing right now, I think would have been a better selection than Bryant because Bryant has not played. Round five, Amani Awarie. This might be the Lions' best pick in this entire draft when it's all set and done. Maybe even better than Hawkinson. We'll see how Awarie ends up shaking out, but... He has been a starter. I think he's a good value pick from Quinn. He has continued to start this year. We'll see what happens when it ends up being Trufant, Owarie, and Okuda. I know Okuda was sent to the bench earlier, but eventually Okuda is going to probably overtake, I would guess, Owarie, but who knows, maybe Trufant. I think Owarie has handled himself largely well. There's been some issues here and there, but again, a young corner. The other guy they could have looked at here is Dre, is Dre Greenlaw from San Francisco. Again, would have solidified the linebacker core. But Owari gave them cornerback depth last year. Ended up starting when they had some injuries. And he's a guy that they are counting on now. That's a great pick in the fifth round. He might be one of Quinn's best day three picks, along with, say, like a Jamal Agnew already, when you're looking at the at Bob Quinn's drafting history. In round six comes the guy who's kind of the reason we're doing this, and that's Travis Fulham, the wide receiver from Old Dominion. Fulham might turn out to be the right pick for the Lions, just he might never end up playing for the Lions. And it was always a tough spot for Fulham because how is he going to get on the field to show what he can do? He wasn't going to be playing in place of Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones or Danny Amendola. You can argue maybe over Marvin Hall, but there are different types of players. Hall is more of a speed guy. If anything, the taking uh, the drafting of Quintez Cephas in the 2020 draft sent Fulham packing. He ended up going to Green Bay for about a week and then ended up in Philly where he has been a surprise standout the last couple of weeks to the point where even Daryl Bevel admitted that, yes, it has been a little bit of a surprise to see Travis Fulham do what he has done. Who else might have been available even for the Lions at this point? Dexter Williams, the running back, could have maybe worked here. If you're looking at another receiver, Scotty Miller, the slot, might have made a little bit more sense because then you could have had him apprentice under Danny Amendola for a year and then possibly slide in and fill in right there. But I think the Lions probably would have handled... Miller or Williams, very similarly to how they handled Fulham, unless they flashed really well in camp. And Fulham had decent training camps. So I ended up liking the Fulham pick, always did, but the Lions gave up on him too soon. Which goes to our other round six pick that we're looking at here Ty Johnson, the running back out of Maryland. He obviously got more run for the Lions during his year plus with the team before he got cut and then ended up signing with the Jets. It's kind of a similar story to Travis Fulham, although. The Lions gave Ty Johnson more of a shot, and I thought he looked good during camp. Frankly, probably the eventual push for Ty Johnson, ending up out of Detroit, had everything to do with Adrian Peterson signing and then looking like a lead running back. That took up a lot of carries. That took up part of what Ty Johnson's role was maybe going to be, because he maybe was going to be the change of pace back, especially with Bo Scarborough hurt, behind On Johnson. But now Ty Johnson is off playing for the Jets and uh, you know Dexter Williams again would have been maybe a better pick because maybe he would have stuck around. But when you look at how they handled Ty Johnson, I don't know if you could have done better here because you have a guy that you know could play and you have a guy that did play a little bit for you. And there was really not many players when I looked at who else was around that time Of the draft, that made a bunch of sense to me as saying, yeah, you know what? The Lions should have maybe really gone after that guy instead. I mean, the other one, maybe, I don't know, maybe a Meke a Bugle, but like at that point, you're looking at a lot of special teams type players. Maybe you're going after a quarterback to see if you can do that. Like there's just not a ton of guys when you look at that draft at that point in time that can match really what Ty Johnson ended up giving the Jets sorry giving the Lions a year ago and what could end up giving the Jets if he ends up ever playing there two round 7 picks to get to Isaac Nata again another pick yet to pay off he did a little bit last season been on the practice squad this season Don't know how he gets on the field at this point, considering how the Lions have been using their tight ends and probably need to see an injury to Hawkinson or maybe to Jesse James to really see Isaac Nata get a call-up potentially and then end up getting on the field. I just don't know how it would happen otherwise. So he'll end up back in a roster battle again next year, more than likely. So... Would corner Jimmy Moreland have been the better pick? Probably. Um, yes, they took a warrior in round five, but corners are valuable. Corners are you need a lot of them, so this could have been where they could have taken Jimmy Moreland and maybe had a better overall work workout. Might have just worked out better. Sorry, that was odd phrasing. There, the last pick. P.J. Johnson, that just didn't work, the defensive tackle from Arizona. I apologize if you hear thunder in the background. There is a thunderstorm going on right now, which is why I just got distracted a few minutes ago. P.J. Johnson was gone almost immediately. I don't know who they could have really gone with. Again, this is do they look at a backup quarterback. They could have drafted David Blau there instead of eventually trading with Cleveland for him. They could have drafted their current punter, Jack Fox, but they weren't going to do that. While they had Sam Martin still on the roster, which they did, they could have gotten Duck Hodges. They could have maybe picked up running back Miles Gaskin. All those players might have worked out better in Detroit. But again, that's just a complete dart throw that late in the seventh round. So you just kind of hope you're getting something. So where's the grade here? Well, I think this is a pretty poor draft. And I'm saying that because it's less than two years into the draft and Fulham's not on the team anymore not as on the practice squad. Johnson's not on the team anymore. Ty Johnson and PJ Johnson not on the team anymore. Austin Bryant hasn't played. Will Harris's snaps are vacillating all over the place. Tavai the same way. Hawkinson and Awarrie are basically your saviors in this class so far. There are obviously a couple of other guys that can still pan out, but man, that's a rough that's a rough draft class less than 2 years after you start. And when you're trying to build the depth of the roster, when you need to find players to figure out how to build this team, you just can't have a draft like this. You need to be better. You need to hit on more guys. And some of that could be on coaching too because guys, a guy like Fulham didn't really develop enough for the Lions to want to even keep him to the cut-down deadline And now he ends up looking like he could be somebody who might stick around for a little while in Philly, although that still remains to be seen. I want to thank all of you for sticking around here for the last two days as we reviewed Bob Quinn's drafts, just to kind of set you up for where things kind of are and how they got here, at least from that perspective. I want to thank my sponsors, as always, BetOnline and Indeed, and... You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein. You can follow me on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Please think about giving us a download. If you're on Apple, leave us a five-star rating, maybe even a review if you'd be so kind. Wherever you listen to your podcast, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And with that, we'll be back with a mailbag edition of the podcast tomorrow.